Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 558 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And to wrap up a week of hypotheticals, we talked about potential trades. We talked about potential players at seventh overall. And now a top 10 mock draft version 1.0. And Ross, there's a lot of potential outcomes that can happen in the NHL playoffs as the two greatest words in sports, Game 7. There's a bunch of them coming up and oh my god, I am so surprised that the Toronto Maple Leafs choked. What a shocker. We're going to get Game 7 on Saturday and we're going to have some fun at the Leaf Pile in last night's game. I thought you were going to say the best words in sports, a sad leaf pile. Get the rakes out. Game 7 coming on Saturday night in Toronto. We'll tee up for all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday. May 13th, we want to wish a happy birthday to Senators head coach and currently associate coach with Team Canada, DJ Smith. Hey! Happy birthday, DJ. Well-deserved. Hey, that's that's awesome that he's going along and uh, having Thomas Shabbat as a captain there, that's a nice boost. There's a lot lot of sense talent going on at the World Championship. DJ Smith celebrating his 45th birthday, well-deserved. For another trip around the sun. (laughs) Well-deserved. Well-deserved birthday. (laughs) I love it. Hey, he just put up the most wins he's had in a season with the Ottawa Senators. Only 25 wins in 71 games the first year. Asterix, shorter seasons. He would have got well over 25 wins if they were full seasons, let's be honest. Well, that's the thing, right? This past year was his first full season coaching the Ottawa Senators. And with stops and starts, put an asterix next to a full season. Because they played 82 but it certainly was anything but smooth sailing. That being said, he knows as well as anybody. The jury, they're deliberating. They're deliberating. They're waiting. And 20 games into next season, we're going to know what we have in both Coach DJ Smith and GM Pierre Dorian. I mean, even sooner, Ross. Like, what what were what was the game amount where the uh, records were identical 20. to start the season? It was 20? Okay, yeah. yeah four, so. four wins in each of the last two Two sets of 20 games. Gotta do better than that. <laughs> Gotta. What are you drawing it at? You have to have eight or more? That should be bare minimum. Let, uh, let's go, yeah, over under seven and a half. Gotta be. I mean, if... if That's a low bar still. That's a low bar. Mm-hmm. You should be able to crawl over that bar. But if you can get more than that and get more than one win in November, then we can see uh, some optimism here. So let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. and Let's just set the bar low so that DJ can jump over it. Well, DJ is going to be jumping over hurdles in Helsinki this week. We're not going to get into the game too much because we're recording two hours before the opening game of the tournament. Team Canada versus Team I almost said Slovakia. We're going to talk about a few Slovaks, though, coming up in our mock draft. But Team Germany, of course, 
Tim Stutzla. Maybe that's where I got the S from there. I was going to say Timmy Superstar. But <laughs> that being said, it's awesome, man. Do you see the play Timmy did in the pre-tournament game? Uh, our boy Derek Lee tweeted it out. Where oh, I missed it. He's coming back. He, he's looking like he's going to loop in. And one of his players is offside. So, anyway, I'm going to pull it up for the people watching <laughs> on YouTube. But what are you expecting to see at World Championships? Lots of sends involved in this game and, and more. I really want to, I'm going to be highlighted on uh, Tim Stutzler because this is a massive uh, opportunity for him to get to play internationally for his country and maybe have a little bit better of a showing than they did in the World Juniors. I mean, that was uh, up against Team Canada last time did not go so well for him, if we remember correctly. Although, it was pretty sweet that after that massive loss, he signed his NHL contract, so... He goes to bed uh, sleeping pretty soundly after that. He's not too worried. But getting to play alongside Mo Sider is going to be great. And I wonder, Ross, if how much of a difference it makes chemistry-wise getting to play with players of your uh, first language. I know, obviously, it's not like Timmy has like broken English or anything, that that's a problem. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa, whoa. Are, are you chirping Josh Norris and Drake Batherson's ability to speak German? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, I, I, I just think it, it would make it um, a little easier to communicate. It's a little more free-flowing. So I, I wonder if that makes a difference at all. But I mean, I think the handicap of playing with NHL Canadian non-German-speaking players versus non-NHL German-speaking players, that probably throws my whole uh, theory out the window here. <laughs> but we know that his confidence is at an all-time high right now. I'm sharing my screen. I think this is our first time using it for video, though, Ooh, Pilsy. See so how it goes. I'm oh, hopeful. Germany versus Austria. The That's like a Battle of Ontario-type battle. <laughs> okay, check out this play. I'll do a little play-by-play as we go, but if you're watching on YouTube... And stop me right away, Pilsy. I won't say anything for the first stop. couple of seconds. Let me know if it's frozen, okay? okay? It's on. Good? It's on. Yep, we're good. Okay, watch this play from Timmy. To tap it through, because his guy's offside, right? Whoops. <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Decent little move here, eh? So look, they go in the offensive zone, chips out, and instead of going and forcing it offside, he's able to put it through the triangle and, and just regroup. Unbelievable there, Timmy Superstar. Timmy's just like, well, I'm just going to pass this puck off to the best teammate here. Oh, it's me. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of best teammates, Pilsy, before we get to our mock draft, I feel like we need to discuss the Leafs' lightning game Hmm. last night. And I know your parlay hit again. Your parlay is on an absolute heater. Stay tuned to the end of today's Locked On Senators for another one from Red Hot Brandon Pillar, you and it are... couldn't have been closer. Like that's that's how you get excitement from a parlay. Yeah, the over and Tampa winning in a three-three overtime that needs seven goals and Tampa winning. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful uh. thing. Sport sports gambling is the ultimate highs and lows. Like all season, it's been just a total nosedive for me. And now I'm up. The odds were great on that parlay, so hopefully you guys uh, were riding along here. Elsie, when you're looking to re-sign your next contract with Locked On, you got to say that you brought it in the biggest moments. Yes. Right? That's what I do. You know, there's regular season players, but then there's playoff performers, and those are the guys that get paid, Pilsy. I wouldn't have made it to the playoffs, though, with that regular season performance, so that's a tough argument. Waivers. Big time waivers, yeah. Uh, I'd put a few Maple Leafs on waivers last night. I'd also put Brandon Hagel on waivers 
That guy almost lost the game single-handedly for Tampa, not only with his missed opportunities offensively. Nick Paul did it all. (laughs) Put it right on Hagel's stick. He couldn't get the shot off. Connor Brown scores that one even. Oh, damn. With with uh, with two healthy wrists, yeah, Connor Brown scores yeah. that one. Fair. So, great game. Tampa jumps out to a 2-0 lead. Toronto storms back, scores twice in in the later stages. I looked at Rachel right before the goal. I said, they can't give up a goal here in the last minute of the second period. Momentum goals. Yeah, if you listen oops. to the show often, and sure shit, Spaz is going to the net. And I know this is me being a little too goalie friendly, but... Spencer takes a whack at Vasilevsky's glove. Like, to me, like, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of r- responding to Leaf fans who were so quick to point out that Corey Perry gave a little, a little, a little tap to uh, Jack Campbell's stick as the shot came in. That's just him being being a rat like we know that's he is. That's what Corey Perry does, yeah. That's the worm, right? He's just, the worm. He's just greasing it up in there. But I thought that there, it was no different than – the play where Jason Spetz is going. And Spetz didn't even get credit for the goal. It was um, whoever shot it initially, John Tavares, I believe, in the slot. But anyways, they didn't challenge it. They just kind of, well, you're on a five-on-three, right? If, if it's a goal, you're still on a five-on-three. Like, that's a tough situation for yeah. the Maple Leafs. But maximum heartbreak. That's what it is. You take the lead going in the third period. You're at, at this point, you're like, what, 10 minutes away from moving on to the second round <laughs> for the first time in 18 years, if you're not mistaken. And the Sportsnet broadcast, Pilsy, they they were jinxing it from the start. They had the Spencer clip from 2004 with his iPod. Not the mini, not the iPhone, the original iPod. It's like this thick. The shuffle? And, yeah, no, oh, no. Oh, no, the like massive the like, video one. one, the big block. Yeah, yep, yeah, I got the you. The I had Spencer one of those. was rolling Classic. around with that one in 04. Yep. But this was just a fantastic hockey game with a chef's kiss of a finish. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I had to work last night, so I didn't get to watch the game live. But I had Leafs fans blowing up my phone when they uh, went up to a 3-2 lead. And as soon as that happened, I was like, guaranteed Lightning's win. Like, if the Leafs fans think they're going to win with a lead, I don't, like, where have they been all their Leafs fandom lives? Like, yeah. They've been right here, buddy, right in the pile. There's the Leaf pile, and that's so good. And one thing... That guy, see the guy in the highlighter green? He's just over uh, over there. I'm pointing as if With that, the mask? that helps. Yeah. He has a sign that says, do I look nervous? When they scored, he would <laughs> hold it up. I Where's the sign now, buddy? Are you nervous now? Like, if go watch the replays of the leaf pile when it gets stirred up when they score. And that's the guy with the do I look nervous sign. And, yeah, he, he might be a little nervous now. And uh, seeing that leaf pile being sad is... I, I had a rough day, and that made my day. Like, that turned my day right around. I felt so good after that. Look at these faces. Oh. I know. It's almost like pick your favorite. These, this guy with the blue headbands all time. Yeah, the guy with the blue headband, I think, is mine. Or the guy behind him that just can't believe it, too, is good. We're doing, like, a full-on recreate. Like, honestly, they say The Last Supper is an iconic <laughs> painting. This is right up there. The shock. The dismay, but the fact that they've lived this year after year. Look at the guy with the crunched face right there. He's had oh, enough. Like, imagine being a 15-year-old Leafs fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tough. Look at that. Shots on goal, 34-34. Yeah. Minute 56 left in overtime. And the faces 
faces Pilsy. Right back to these two. These two guys, front and center. Tweedledee and Tweedledoo. <laughs> there you go. Or should I say Tweedledon't? Because that's what the Leafs haven't been able to do in the Marner and Matthews era. Now 0-9 in games where they can eliminate their opponent. Now, we'll tell you what Vasilevsky's record is in games where he can eliminate his opponent over the last two playoffs. But first, Pilsy, you got a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Ross with Damn, that was a fun segment. Yeah, that was great. We I, I wish we could do Sad Leaf Pile more often. And yes, the Leafs fans can say what they want about the Senators, but I I love hate watching them. So say say what you want. It's 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 enjoyment for me. Maybe that makes me a true elite Sens brain sicko, but that's my life. But it's also the fact the Leafs got first overall in what we will admit was the second best, uh, second or third best draft lottery. Because obviously McDavid is number one. That's the prize jewel of the last ten. Now, who years. else are you? M- McKinnon. McKinnon in 2013. Like, yeah, it's close. Fair, fair. It's okay. close. They're both ridiculous. Yep. The Sens have more playoff wins in the Matthews era than the Leafs do. <laughs> I mean, the Leafs have gone to the playoff. Do we even count the bubble? They didn't even make it out of the qualifying round. Yeah. No, we count that because it, it works in our favor. That's another First time they, uh, they, they choked out there. Verbal and- meme, I'm LeBron James uh, <laughs> pointing at, at J.R. Smith after he, he ran out the clock. Yeah. Like, can you not see this? Yeah. It's hilarious. And just what, one more thing before we move on. Elite Leafs brain saying we forced Game 7 up against the <laughs> Lightning. You lost Game 6. <laughs> That's not forcing Game Seven, <laughs> or at least not in a positive way. So I thought that was that was an all-time Twitter moment. I Ross, you know me. I usually don't roll around in the mud on Twitter, but when I saw you that, that to me. I I was a I was a pig rolling around in the mud. That was just yeah. Too you good have to. to. Yeah, I, I couldn't leave it. Like I typed out the tweet and then I said, "Nah, it's not worth it." And I deleted it, and then right after, I was like, "Nope, got to." <laughs> That was a brutal tweet. All right, hit the ad. Let's get to our mock draft. Yes. Okay. So with so many game sevens going, Ross, it's tough going seven game series. You need to make sure you've got protein. And the best way to get your protein in is a delicious way. How about you try Built Bar, the protein bar that conveniently tastes like a candy bar. And what we love about Built Bar is they focus on making it taste good first. So unlike all those other hard to chew, gross flavor, chalkiness, weird, uh, odd flavors that just don't work. Built Bar says, let's make a candy bar. Now let's make it healthy. And if you like marshmallows, you're going to love protein infused marshmallows. And that's their Built Puffs. They have so many great flavors. We recommend you check out the mix box because you're going to love every single one of them. And chocolate lovers, this is the one for you. Every single Built Bar, including Built Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. So how do you get your hands on one of these delicious protein bars? Well, head to Built.com. Check out your favorite flavors. They've got raspberry, double chocolate, banana cream pie. They're all delicious. And use our promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, before we get to our version one, which is subject to change, uh, terms and conditions apply. We also a lot of want, changes. We also want to wish a well happy playoff finale to Philip Dow as his St. John Sea Dogs have lost in the first round to Ramuski. They were the favorite to win 
Now they have to wait a month plus a week. Five weeks if you're scoring at home until they host the Memorial Cup. Yikes. That's so tough because uh, the Sea Dogs sold the farm for this for this season. And, I mean, as you should. That's how junior hockey works. Like, if you have a chance, it's it's all about cashing in at the right time and then recycling. And this is the right time to cash in. So they traded a hell of a lot of draft picks, players, everything to try to bolster this team and get bounced this early because now the problem is all those teams they're going to meet in the Mem Cup are going to be hungry. They're going to be they're going to have adrenaline up and the Sea Dogs are going to have to get back into playoff mode after taking basically almost a whole offseason off. Like yeah. it's going to you know be what? very tough to get back into form. You know what? This actually did happen with the Windsor Spitfires though with Logan Brown yep. and I believe they won the Memorial Cup. After, Did after they win all, it? Was, oh. all was said and done. Okay, wow. Yeah, and when I'm looking at the St. John game last night too, they lose 4-3 in overtime. Ah, that's a tough way a to lose an elimination game, Ross. Pilsy, they went down 2 nothing in the first seven minutes of the game. They come back, they tie it midway through the second. They score to go ahead at the start of the third period. You got to hold on. You got to hold on to a game like that. Philip Dow, no goals, no assists. Six for 18 in the face-off circle. So probably not his best game. His playoffs, he finishes with two goals, both shorthanded. Three points in five games. Again, they are going to be waiting quite a while until their next game. The next game for the Kingston Frontenacs, well, it's going to be Saturday night. And Pilsy, they're facing elimination. They lost 4-3 last night to the, uh, I almost said North Bay Battalion, they were down 4 nothing in this game. So I guess credit them for fighting back and making it respectable. Although two it is goals the North Bay the- Battalion. Oh, <laughs> I almost said Brampton. Okay. okay. I was I had to double check myself there. Yeah, you're Way good. Go. You're good. Nice move by me. Uh, they did score two of their three goals, Pilsy, in the last 41 seconds of the game. So this one was well over before then. Levy Marilinen oh. made 33 saves on 37 Shots, Ben Roger, plus one. No, no, one shot, even. Even in the 4-3 He had his guy. He had his guy, exactly. Um, But yeah, Saturday, they're going to be facing elimination. They're down in their series. I believe it's three. Yeah, 3-1. They're down in their series. And Pilsy, I'll let you take over here because the one bright spot when it comes to Sense Prospect was out west with Zach. Yeah, Zach Ostapchuk has been a really bright spot for these Vancouver Giants. And hey, he is, he talk about having your man. He is doing literally everything possible to will these Giants forward in 10 games. How about 19 points? And he had two goals in yesterday's game, two goals on four shots. He also had 10 pims. Uh, I didn't catch what that was about. I don't know what happened there, but he's like talk about an ultimate playoff performer. Like that's what you like to see from a guy that the Sens took in the second round. And we're pretty excited about what Stopchak has to offer here. But I mean, they knocked off Everett, the number one seed, and now they're up against a really good Cam Loops Blazers team. You can only do so much. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm not too optimistic. Uh, he's going to see much more playoff action. No, they are facing elimination now, too. They're down 3-1 in that series. Ostapchuk is leading the WHL in scoring in a tie, actually, with his line mate, Fabian Lysal, both with 19 points. He's got to be up there games. in the CHL playoff scoring even, no? 
Yeah, I do not have that number in front of me, but I can tell you that it's ultimately impressive enough. They only have them listed as two penalty minutes. I don't know if they don't count 10, 10 minute misconducts here on, uh, on the stat sheet, but Hey, it's the points that really jump out here. Five goals too, because going into this year, he's only had two goals. So now he's kind of turned in from the playmaker into a guy who can put the puck in the net. Go check out that breakaway goal. It's an absolute beauty. Last night, we've retweeted that at Send Central. Of course, our boy, Send's Prospects, will always have that involved as well. Okay, we've made you wait. We've made you wait for the mock draft, the crown jewel of today's show. But first, let me tell you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. From everything. Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA basketball, golf seasons here. Anything you want to put a little wager on, betonline.net is here for you. It's the source for everything information-wide. Head to the website today. Check it out for yourself. I'm telling you, you can become a smarter gambler by heading to betonline.net. They've also got a great mobile device, so learn more about the trends in action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy, drum roll, please. We are getting into the mock draft version 1.0. It's going to be easy to kick this one off, Pilsy, because there is a consensus number one pick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is this is one where I don't think the Habs are going to go big-brained on this one. I think they're just going to go with their guy, and uh, it's going to be Kingston Frontenac player Shane Wright, first overall, and... Uh, Hopefully he gets used to losing in the playoffs because if he's going to Montreal, he's going to have to figure that out. What kind of player is Montreal getting here? He's a he's a big centerman. He's a guy. He he was one of the players that was given uh, exceptional status to the OHL. So like anytime you can add your name on that list, that's a pretty massive accomplishment, and it obviously shows that you're ahead of schedule and that uh, you're able to go into the next league with uh, ease considering the transition. And I think he's going to be a guy that steps into the NHL at a, a pretty good transition as well. And uh, they're getting a hell of a player as anyone who's getting first overall is. So congrats to them for, for getting that pick when they're hosting the draft. Like that's actually, that's pretty hype. Like I will admit as, as a Habs hater, you, you don't love to see it, but that is going to be sweet. Yeah, it'll be electric at the Bell Center. Yeah. Nobody says that uh, it's not a loud building. It's one of the best places in the National Hockey League. Uh, players will tell you that as well. The the atmosphere in there, and I'm sure it'll be raucous when they're going up. No pressure, Shane. Yeah. No pressure at all. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Everything was great for their last first overall pick, too. <laughs> Doug Wickenheiser. Ever heard of him? Uh, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, I literally that- have not heard of him. <laughs> That being said, um, it's the first team since the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1985 to draft first overall in the draft they are hosting as well. So we will continue on. Shane Wright had a great year, 90-some points in 60 games. He's also a player who didn't get to play at all last year. As we know, the OHL never got to pick up. So that being said, Shane Wright is first overall in our mock draft. 1.0. 1.0. We've got a graphic. We'll put it up at the end to summarize it all, but we don't want to give it away until the end. So, without further ado, second overall, the New Jersey Devils select, Pilsy. Are we going to put the graphic up or we're, no, we're going to tease no. him here? Go. Who do you have second overall? Logan Cooley will be going to the New Jersey Devils. And, I mean, this is one we kind of went back and forth on, Ross, because I, I made the argument that uh, the, the New Jersey Devils, they already have two 
first overall picks down the middle in Heischer and Hughes. So it would seem kind of crazy to take another, uh, I mean, a second overall pick. But nothing wrong with having three really good centers. And Logan Cooley, it does seem like in scouting circles, is the consensus second best player available behind Shane Wright. So it's a, it's a, it's a smart move to take him. And who knows, maybe you see him move to the wing if they're trying to bolster their top six. That's the thing with with prospects at this stage in the draft, you have to take the best player available. Yeah. I understand in like the second or third round, you look at your depth chart, you're like, oh, we're really thin on right D and maybe that's a tiebreaker between two guys who you have ranked pretty closely together. But it's second overall, Pillsy. Like, yeah, there's a few good wingers that we're going to get to. There's two elite right shot defensemen. And could... This be a spot where they shock the world and take one. Maybe it wouldn't even be shocking. Like I've talked to a couple scouts as well who have said they have a certain defenseman who are going to get to at second overall in their ranking. So we know defensemen always go in the top five. Without question, there will be a defenseman, maybe two, in this year's top five. If it's not Logan Cooley at number two, do you think they take a defenseman or one of the wingers? Me, personally, I think they would go with Slavkovsky. I just think if you can get a big, strong uh, winger that can play alongside Heischer and or Hughes, you're setting yourself up for success. Now, I know they have Holtz. Uh, they've got... I mean, the Devils just have so many prospects now. Um, they've got options, but there's other centermen available in the draft that if they wanted to find a third line type center, they could get that value later on. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do go with Slavkovsky or maybe it, it would be a bit of a reach probably, but maybe a guy like Joachim Kamel, who we uh, touched on in yesterday's show, but maybe even see the devils trade down since they, they won the lottery sort of moving up to second. And maybe they're like, hey, we can afford to trade down if another team is really high on uh, Logan Cooley or, or someone like that. Then maybe you see that happen. It doesn't happen very often. Like it's very rare a top five pick team trades down. So probably won't happen. But hey, who knows? So Logan Cooley as his kind of profile, he's a guy with a ton of skill. He's a type of player that can facilitate for his line mates. Like we talked about Cutter Gauthier on yesterday's show. They were line mates at the U.S. program. And we saw all the goals that Gauthier had. Well, I'd say at least half, if not more, were assisted on by Logan Cooley. He had a fantastic world under 18s this year. Yeah, they were put to bed in the final by uh, Sweden got... Caught against a great goalie there, too, and a lot of offensive upside from some player that we'll get to soon. But Pilsy, 10 points in six games there. He even had an assist in the lone game. He made Team Team USA's World Junior squad, and we know that the World Juniors will happen after the draft. He'll be there, but it's too bad that it's not one final scouting look at him against players who are a bit older than him. But certainly he's got all the puck skills in the world and could be a guy who you throw on the wing with a Jack Hughes, or you put him with Aniko Heischer yep. and get that offensive. He's just a strong two-way guy. Bob McKenzie has him at number two. Craig Button has him at number two. Sportsnet has him at number two. And by the consolidated ranking, he's at number two. So that's where we have him on ours as we move on to the third pick, the Arizona Coyotes select. I got to remember, we switched it around a couple times here, Ross. All right, there it is. If you're watching on YouTube, Simon Nemich the right shot defenseman. And for Arizona, we joked about this before, they are in a position where 
it doesn't matter where their prospects play on the ice because they have zero depth anywhere. Like they, there's all positions are positions of need. So they just need to take the best player available because honestly, in four or five years, they might be having uh, Simon Nemich on their trade block and trying to acquire more assets. Uh, so I, I think this is a good move for them, especially since they're probably going to move on from Chikrin. So they will have, other than Gothisbear, like no one for that decor and they need him uh, badly. So I think taking a right shot defenseman, that's a lot of value. There's a lot of hype about Nemec. He puts up big points. He's a solid right shot defenseman. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go to Arizona. Now, later on, either in the upcoming weeks or months ahead, we're going to do a show comparing and contrasting Nemec and the next guy on our list because they're both right shot defenders. They're both from Czechoslovakia, even though it's split up before they were born. I, I needed to get something to tie that together, though, Pilsy. But the Slovak defenseman here in Nemec, his numbers are ridiculous this season. Yeah. Playing against men. And he, remember that, right? He's in parts of his third season playing against men. Two full years now in the Slovak men's league. And he's 17. He played there as a 16-year-old Pilsy and still put up That's some impressive. points. Yeah. But at 17, 26 points in 39 games. Plus 13. And then... His real coming out party this postseason. Five goals, 12 assists for 17 points in 19 games. So almost a point per game as a defense. And I'm pulling it up now because I got to imagine. Let's see here. Yep. Second on the team in playoff scoring. Wow. So that tells you what you need to know about a player who is ready to move to the next level. Oh my God. Guess who the goalie was for his team in Slovakia? I don't know. Matt O'Connor. Oh my God. I never <laughs> would have thought he would say that. Man, Matt O'Connor. God damn, I was so excited about that guy. <laughs> hey, there's great reason to be excited for Simon Nem- Nemich, though. And like a uh, part of him, he's just your your prototypical minute munching defenseman who can play on the power play. He's, he's a guy who can kill penalties as well. But for me, what separates him and why I think that Arizona could jump up and take him is he's the type of player you build around. Like, he is one of those – you have him, and he skyrockets up your draft rankings. Last year, they took a forward. They took a forward with their second pick. Their 2020 draft is a complete wipeout. Yeah. Their first pick was in the fourth round. They took a racist guy who, who then – They had to boom, cut him. Just, they, I mean, and rightfully so. North yeah. Dakota cut him too. I would have – we would have had to rejig whether or not we are going to keep our allegiance with North Dakota because that guy is a complete scumbag. Yeah. He's out. This kid, he he is your building block on the back end. Right now, they got no building blocks on the back end. They need one, and that's why we have Simon Nemich going to Arizona at number three. All right, Pilsy, number four, the Seattle Kraken, who had a very solid first draft. They step up, and they select the other right shot defenseman in the top five. Yeah, and Seattle, there are, like, Matty Beniers, he is a true number one center. They picked him second overall last year, and the few games that he had, and we got to see him uh, in a couple of those games, he really shined. Like, he he was a really great player. It didn't seem yeah. like he had any struggles moving up that lineup and going to the NHL from college, so they're set from the center position, but defense-wise, like, Sure, they've got Oleksiak. Um, they've got uh, they took Larson. a guy in the fourth. They took a guy in the fourth round who looks like he's developing pretty decently already as well. Vili Otavainen, um, and then they took a left shot defenseman as well in the second round last year, and it was a bit of a surprise pick. But he looks 
sick now. Uh, Riker Evans is uh, yeah. he's a Calgary native, and he was a year past his draft. So it was an overager. You're like, huh? Well, 61 points in 63 games, 96 penalty minutes, and a plus player uh, with the Regina Pats. I got to see him a few times this year. Maybe the numbers are inflated because you just give the puck to Connor Bedard on the breakout, and he goes and does the rest. But I got a couple lives looks at him uh, in Winnipeg this year, and he looks good. But, he's again, he's a lefty defenseman, so let's see. But when you have right-shot defensemen and these two guys are so head and shoulders yeah. above any other defenseman, you see the first one go – Pillsy, the other one's not lasting much longer. Yeah, and that's one of those scenarios where they take the first right shot defenseman and then Seattle gets a pick and pick is in probably right away. Like they they just know they're like, oh man, we wanted that right shot guy, so we'll just take the next guy. We can't let him slip. Well, and in a sense, you're almost happier because you like them both a lot. And yeah, this now your way, choice has been made for you. Yeah. You don't have to make the decision. So this is what Cam Robinson has to say about him. And again, it would have been nicer if he had more of a sample size this year. Juracek only played 29 games, had 11 points. He's playing in the Chechia League here. But the reason why is in the seven minutes he played at the World Juniors, Pilsy, he broke his leg. He's out long-term, missed a ton of time. That's he says, or sorry, a knee injury. Knee, leg, it's part of your leg. Pilsy's, are you? I know you're not a doctor, but can you confirm that? I'll, uh, I'll give you that one, sure. So he is the type of player where... He might not put up the same amount of offensive points as Nemich, and maybe that's a separator. Well, again, we'll, we'll have to dive in version 1.0. That being said, he's you're going to play 25, 30 minutes a night going forward, anchor a blue line. And when you're building a team like Seattle more from scratch than anybody else, you're looking at those building block positions. Now, they've got the number one center. They've got the number one goalie. Shout out my boy, Joey Dax. He's in there somewhere. But... In all seriousness, right shot defenseman seems like the next play in Pilsy. Look how Ron Francis assembled his decor, both in free agency and through the expansion draft. Big, reliable, mm-hmm. steady defenseman. Larson, Alexiak, two key examples of that there. Even Giordano. Like, they yep. like these steady, reliable guys. That's the profile that I see for a David Juracek. Exactly. And I still think they're probably going to get in on Klingberg. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense. So then they're going to have their... Um, well, yeah, you don't want Juracek coming in and being a top four guy right away. But yep. he also, I would say, is a bit more mature than uh, than Nemich and maybe ready to step in right away. Uh, he's in a uh, November birthday, so one of the older players in the draft as well. Yeah, and the thing too is like... Sure, they they got all these big, steady defensemen, but it didn't seem to help out their goalies at all. Like, Grubauer and Drieger should have had much better seasons. So they need to figure out a way to bolster this defense so that the, it's like, I think it's like 9.7 million they're spending in goalies can work properly and it won't be just an anchor on their uh, salary cap situation. So I think bolstering the defense is, is a big move here because... I think they're going to have, I mean, they already showed they're willing to dip their toes into free agency for forwards and that's going to be available to them again this offseason, I would assume. So I think going with the right shot defenseman to have that crown jewel on the back end makes a lot of sense for the Kraken. Good time to mention this stat. There has been at least one defenseman taken in the top five every single draft since 2001. That is a stat. And one that will continue. Again, the Senators kept that streak going, taking Jake Sanderson fifth overall in 2020. He was the first defenseman off the board. We have Nemich as the first defenseman off the board to Arizona. And then Seattle taking David Juracek out of Pleasant of the Chechia 
league. All right, Pilsy, I know you love this player. Going number five to the Philadelphia Flyers. It's Slavkovsky. He is a very interesting player. And I personally, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have him a little higher on my list. But I think it makes sense to uh, to get those defensemen paired together. And Logan Cooley is one hell of a player. So I don't see him moving down. So for the Flyers to get Slavkovsky at fifth would be a massive boost for them. And they're probably looking to move some of those veteran wingers that they have. Maybe a JVR, maybe a... Um, well, Cam Atkinson, they just got there and he had a good season, so maybe they'll keep him. But they've got a lot of veterans to ship out because I think they need to fully flip this team over and start a rebuild here. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them just to take a guy that is projected to go high in the draft. And he's going to end up like with his size. I think he could fit into the Flyers mold nicely. Yeah, I mean, they haven't drafted for size as much as maybe you would it's think true. as like... Yeah. The Flyers of of old, right? They, I mean, they they're gonna need to change something up, right? They didn't even have a first round pick last year. They traded it for Rasmus Ristolainen, yeah. Which that's uh, a story for another day. But if you look at their recent drafts, they they haven't really gone for size. Like uh, Emil Andre is like a five eight defenseman. True. It took him in the second round. They took Bobby Brink in the second round, a five nine forward. Yeah. Owen Tippett was their big piece back. For, for Claude Giroux, he's not an overly physical. He's a bit bigger, but not overly physical. Their first pick last year was Samu Tuomala. We loved him as a player, but he's a small, like, playmaking type guy. Yep. Even Tyson Forrester, who I loved in the draft, he's a little bit bigger, but doesn't play like a physical brand of hockey as much as, as you would expect. You know, the the Flyers of old, the Konechny's, the Lawton's, even obviously way back the Broad Street Bullies days. But Uri Slavkovsky, he brings that power forward element. And maybe that's an element that's missing right now from what the Flyers expect. So I think that they would run up to the podium and, and, and just figure it out. And I'm looking right now. He didn't score, but guess what? Two assists, couple grade A chances, led all Slovak players in ice time, and that's at the World Championships today with Team Slovakia. He played almost 21 minutes, Bill. Wow. So he's he's going to have a chance here internationally to continue the work he did at the Olympics when he really pushed his chips in. Seven goals in seven games, helping Slovakia to a bronze. Should mention, Simon Nemec was on that team as well. And didn't he win player of the tournament as well for the Olympics? Yeah, I Which is pretty so. impressive for a bronze medal team. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So certainly impressive for Uri Slavkowski, who we have going fifth in Mock Draft 1.0. Going number six, Pilsy, I know you love this player. We've got right winger Joachim Kemmel going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Joachim Kemmel, and I think if if he was to drop to the Senators, I would want them to pick him right away, but... I don't think that would happen. The Sens, that's that's too easy. That's too obvious for them. They would never do that to their fans. Um, so that probably wouldn't happen. And I think yesterday, I think on yesterday's show, I said uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets had a lot of center depth. I'm going to retract that statement. I think they need some help on center. But when you have a player as good as Kamel coming up here and then they have another pick, I think it's like, 13th or 14th or something like that early teens um you're gonna be able there's gonna be guys like brad lambert uh, geeky uh there's gonna be so many other centermen available there so i think they take advantage of an amazing winger that's gonna be uh, r- right there for the taking and i think they go with kamel especially you get the finish um connection there with kekalainen yeah i mean we saw him pass on puliyarvi but then 
he still ended up trading that third overall pick for a fin in Patrick Lyon, yeah, the true. player who yeah. went one spot ahead of him. It's it's pretty easy to make that connection, but I think there's plenty other reasons why you'd want to get him in the fold, a great goal scorer, a guy who can just bolster any offense. We know they've got some playmakers coming up in the system. So why not take a guy who's ranked third right now yeah. for both Bob McKenzie and Craig Button? So you're looking at a real skilled player, and I wouldn't be surprised if he cracked the top five. There's certainly Same. outlets that believe he's a better player than Slavkovsky. It'll be very interesting to see who goes off the board first there. That brings us to the Ottawa Senators Woo! at number seven. And it's a player we just spoke about yesterday. We thought about going big brain and not giving any of the three players who we profiled yesterday. Although it makes sense that we have them six, seven, eight, because we figure these are the players that could be most likely yep. to go to Ottawa. Pilsy from the USNTDP, Cutter Gauthier. Yeah, I, I, this just screams sense pick. Like size, um, U.S. development program. He's going to school in Boston. His dad was a longtime uh, veteran pro, a goalie, goalie-friendly show. You love to see yep. that. And his biggest attribute is his shot. The Sens need someone that Tim Stutzla and Drake Batherson can facilitate the puck to. And I think Cutter Gauthier, may, it's not going to happen one year. It might not happen even – maybe it takes him two years. But after three years, I think for sure he will be ready to step into that role and – by that point, all those guys in your top six are going to be bonafide studs in the NHL. I mean, they already are, but they're going to have a couple of notches in their belt of more NHL experience. And with a name like Cutter, like, that's sign, sign me up. I'm down. <laughs> I still think the Sens trade the pick. That being said, Cutter Gauthier would be a very solid addition. Yep. Would not be. I know some people are quick to point out, oh, power forward from the U.S. program. Uh, they're just reaching again. No guy. I think as we continue to see new lists, new final rankings come out, his overall stock is going to continue to get higher and higher. Yes, he's a couple of years away, but he's got all the tools to be a sick, top six scoring winger who can bring a power element to his game as well. So hopefully he can realize that potential unless... He goes either eight or nine to two divisional rivals. Then we hope he's a boss. Yeah, exactly. That's um, I'm down for that as well. Yeah. All right. Let's pull up the graphic now to do eight, nine, ten because we've we kind of built the suspense up to the Senators pick here. We've got them taking Cutter Gauthier in this mock draft. Shout out to whoever made this graphic. Nice, clear, clean, Beautiful. easy to read. Pilsy, you want to read out who eight, nine, and ten are? And maybe we'll explain each one briefly. Yeah, and we talked about Jonathan Leckermackey for the Red Wings. If the Sens or Blue Jackets don't take him, Eiserman's going to be running up to that uh, draft draft table to make that pick because I think he just fits in so nicely with all the other Swedish prospects they have. He's someone that I would not be disappointed at all if the Senators end up selecting him because he's another guy who his shot is the biggest attribute of his game and. He's someone that if you put him alongside a, a Dylan Larkin or some of, some of the other young talent that the Red Wings have, I think he can have a lot of success. And he's someone that the Red Wings don't need to jump in right away, right? Like it's not like they're desperate for someone to fill holes in their lineup because they're still kind of going through the motions of their rebuild. So Jonathan Lekromacki to the Red Wings, like I think other than obviously the first overall, I think that's the biggest lock in my mind, Ross. Yeah, no question. We've got Matthew Savoy going ninth to Buffalo. He's a Winnipeg Ice centerman, undersized, five foot nine. Let's put it this way: if he and his teammate Connor Geeky switch heights, 
Savoy is a top five pick guaranteed in this draft. Yeah. 90 points in 65 games in the WHL. Continuing that production through the postseason right now. Winnipeg is dominating their competition, and he's a big reason why. Now, the size. We see it every year. The, sh- the smaller players typically will fall a few spots. Now, Leckermackie is only a 5'10 winger, but when you're centerman especially, I could see him going higher. Columbus, Philly, maybe, but I could also see him developing into more of a winger. And Frank Nazar, who we have going 10th to Anaheim, is in a bit of a similar spot. Sick puck skills, solid offensively, but again, a little bit undersized. So we've got them going 9th and 10th. I think they're both wild cards. We know friend of the show, Tony Ferrari, has Frank Nazar in his top five. I don't think I would go that crazy just on the small sample size that I've seen of him so far. But certainly, he's one of those guys of about four or five that didn't make this list who we could see sneaking in to the back half of the top ten. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think for um, for Buffalo, you're just looking for forward pieces now. Like, you've got Dalene, you've got a power. Like, you're, you're good on the back end here. So... I think they need maybe we see Savoy uh, transition to a winger since his small size is there and he can play with either Cousins, who's a big centerman, or Middlestat or Tage Thompson. So I think that makes a lot of sense for them. And then the Ducks with Ryan Getzlav retiring, their only centerman now are Zegras and Adam Henrique. So they definitely could use someone up the middle. Some other names here to keep in mind, and we'll get to later on. I mentioned Connor Geeky, who is Matt Savoy's teammate with Winnipeg. Isaac Howard, another goal scorer from the U.S. program. And Brad Lambert, who is a big wild card. I think could go as high as six. But to me, Columbus at 12, when they've already had one pick, maybe that's where you get him in the mix if he's not already off the board because you're more of a home run swing at that point point exactly. in the draft yeah and you know what who Lambert reminds me of a little Atu Ratti I mean okay. similar kind of like Finnish guy that was so highly projected uh earlier on right like Lambert yeah. they were talking about him in top five maybe even top, I, I think at one point they were talking yeah top two uh for this draft and he's fallen now I don't think he's gonna go where did Ratti go? Like 44th overall to the Islanders? I think it was like, like 52. That. It was insane how far he dropped. I don't think that's going to happen with Lambert here, but I'm getting similar vibes here. And I think a team that, uh, you know, maybe doesn't have a lot of draft capital like the Islanders did, they can take a home run swing on a guy like that. But it would make a lot of sense for Columbus too. Imagine Columbus goes with two fins in, the, <laughs> in their draft here. That would just be so on brand. Yeah, Brad Lambert, the most finished name ever, but his yeah, dad was honestly. playing uh, pro hockey over there. They ended up staying as well, but he's got uh, ties to North America. I believe the Prairies as well, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I am interested to see where he goes because he's got a ton of skill. Yep. Sometimes it's just a matter of having all the tools and maybe not the toolbox sometimes, but we'll see where he goes. We appreciate everyone for making us your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Had a nice little push on shirts yesterday, yep. which you absolutely love to see. There's still limited quantities left, so reach out on Twitter, send Central, on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. If you would like this limited edition, send Central Citizen T-shirt. Pillsy, we're feeling good going to the weekend. There's a Game 7 tomorrow night between the Leafs and Lightning. You can follow at Brandon Pillar one You can follow me at Ross Levitan. And please, subscribe to the show on YouTube. We are also putting out 
mini videos from the segments there. So if you're wondering why you're using it twice, we just want to have it in a playlist for our 2022 draft profile. So stay tuned for all that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Wait, one more Brandon, thing before we go, though. Final point. Pilsy's parlay of the day remains yes. hot. I needed that Tampa goal in overtime. So quickly, I'm going to go over uh, my parlay of the day for tonight's games. The Calgary Flames and Dallas Stars, they're the opposite of Tampa Toronto. They're not scoring many goals. So I'm hitting the under. The under is set at five and a half at minus 134. Then it's it's time for the Panthers to put the caps away. Their money line is at minus 172. So my parlay is the under of Flame Stars and the Florida Panthers. Money line, put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $17.62 at betonline.ag. And that is Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day. If you've missed a couple shows, Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day went from one to four or one to three, and now it's. I was zero and three. Then oh, yeah, then I came back to three and three. then three and four, and now now we're back at it. So follow along with Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day at BetOnline.ag, and be sure to chirp him if he loses on Twitter at Brandon Pillar One. All right, for today we say goodbye. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll chat on Monday for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team, every day.